Long time no see, Evan. How's it going, man? Good, man. I, I appreciate you having me on again. Obviously, uh, a lot's happened, I think, since the last time I was on here. What was that? You know, over two months ago now, end of August, something like that? Yeah, it feels like six months ago. Looking back now, though, man, it's been a crazy month. Really has. Yeah, no, I, um, you know, obviously mine's been in a lot of different places and there's been a lot of uh, rumors and speculation, um, but things have gone, you know, pretty quiet. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into um, sort of the uh, elephant in the room here, which is the <laughs> XFL and USFL merger talks, um, you know, towards the end of the show. We'll get to um, some IFL stuff first, but yeah, man. I mean, you know, announcement came out in like mid-September um, and then everybody kind of got excited and then everything went quiet. You know, um, haven't really heard a lot. You know, we're still waiting on an announcement. We're recording this on November 14th. Something could come any day now. Uh, I think we're hoping that something comes in the next couple of days. I think a lot of people are getting impatient and we're tired of those rumors and speculation, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I don't think there's much I need to say uh, because that that sums it up perfectly, honestly. Oh, man. It's it's wild how the little bit of info we actually got and and the things that have spurred from that info since starting. And that's that's the biggest kicker out of all this and it, as soon as something official finally drops, I think everyone will be sleeping so much better at night regardless of what even happens, to be honest with you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's just so many things to think about when it comes to a merger. Um, you know, th there's so many of these little details that we're thinking about. Some people are just thinking about the bigger picture. Uh, you know, so many um, people, you know, impacted by this, obviously, not just anybody who's on the media side, but, you know, XFL and USFL staff. Um, it really is interesting just to see, though, how much little information there is, um, you know, lack of information, I should say. Um, you know, because I know several people, obviously, within the XFL, talk to a lot of people within the league on that side. And, you know, they're just they know just as much as I do. Right. Um, we're all just kind of sitting here waiting at this point. So it'll be um, excuse me again. It'll be interesting to see where this goes. But, um, yeah, obviously, a lot of uh, different routes, different options. You know, you're, you're again, that's I think what um, has driven so many people's minds to go in so many different places. Agreed, agreed. And like you said, we'll, we'll touch back on this shortly. I don't want to just blow out the whole show with this. Uh, let's let's save it towards the end. But definitely, I mean, oh, yeah, let's just let's touch back on it because there's more I have to say as well. And I feel like we're just going to open that can and we're not going to be able to close it very easily, you know? Right. So, man, in terms of let's let's just talk um, like you. How's things going for you? How is the IFL stuff going the, the new gig, the new team? I mean, just give me some in updates and information. Yeah, it's going great, man. Um, been a busy couple months since we last spoke, um, you know, getting things together, starting to piece together the roster, figuring out who's coming back, who isn't, you know, what positions of need uh, we're looking at. Um, just had our open tryout. Uh, at the end of October, um, I guess that's a bit over two weeks ago now. Um, I'll get into some more info um, regarding that in a minute, but ultimately, yeah, man, it's uh, it's been good. You know, it's been a fun experience. Love working for Coach Mike. Uh, nobody else I'd rather be working for. Um, and yeah, that's that. That's awesome, dude. I'm excited to see what you do with the opportunity, honestly. And I've actually had I had an athlete of the Nighthawks on last week. Yep, Tarian um, Taylor. Yep, yep, I'll get yep, into him great. shortly. Yep, 
Yeah, he he looks like he's going to be a stud for you, man. I, I I'm very excited to see what he can do on that field. Hundred percent. In terms of like coming into it, so the season is going to be March to July. The schedule just dropped. I'm gonna throw it up on the screen as well. And man, that's a busy schedule, man. There's a lot going on when you check it out. Yep. So I think we've got eight home games. Uh, I plan on being there for every home game. Um, but yeah, that's one of the things, you know, for people who maybe aren't as familiar with the IFL space, you know, it's not um, it's not like one of these traditional spring leagues, you know, where it's a shortened season and you only get so many opportunities. Um, you know, IFL, the, the season is very lengthy, you know, spans several months, you know, from spring into summer. Um you know, several games being played, obviously added a couple new teams to the league this year uh, coming over from the NAL. So that's obviously expanded the schedule. But yeah, man, I mean, it's a busy time for sure. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be busy, dude. In terms of the the spring football, XFL, USFL, and then the IFL, I mean, you're pretty confident in your ability to, to cover one, cover both leagues and do your job in the new league? Well, that was my plan, you know, and, and the merger talks have certainly um, brought that up again. You know, right now I'm just waiting to see what happens like we all are. I mean, what happens with that merger, I think, will determine, you know, some of my future. But to be honest, I can't elaborate much on that right now just because I don't have anything concrete. So we'll see. I mean, I'm always confident, you know, in my abilities and it would be really fun to, you know, do the XFL stuff on one end and IFL stuff on the other end. I love both leagues and, and both opportunities, but you know, um, yeah, it's going to be busy one way or the other. So, yeah, yeah. I just, man, I know, I remember all the games I attended, you were very at home there in Houston. Anytime I saw you, you know, you were hanging out with the team, doing things, going places, staying till the last man left. So that's why I asked that. I know you were very dedicated to that position. Yeah. And, you know, I still am. I, I want to be as dedicated as possible to, you know, whatever I do. I mean, with the IFL opportunity, I, I certainly might lean into that a bit more, you know, even if the XFL is still going on, because uh, those are my players and I take that very personally. Um, and I want to be there for them as much as possible. Uh, a lot of things to balance, right? You know, I'm still in school, too. So, you know, that's another yep. thing to kind of that's another thing to figure out, right, when you're young and, you know, you're doing all this stuff. But honestly, man, I'm just living in the moment and I'm excited to see where things take me. I'm very excited for you as well, man. And your title, let me get this right, Assistant Director of Player Personnel. That is correct. correct. Yep. Okay, just making sure. Um, sometimes I flip up the, the 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 words between, so that's why I always make sure. Understood. Um, but man, I, you are going to be busy, I feel like. Especially, are you going to be taking a full load of classes at the same time, like a 12-hour semester? Uh, Yep, I'll have five classes. Um, some of them will be online. I took some online classes this semester as well, just to, uh, kind of even things out. You know, I'm doing a lot of scouting, watching a lot of film. So want to make sure I have time for that, of course. Uh, so, you know, my, when I schedule courses, uh, here in college, you know, I, um, I obviously take time to think about, you know, am I going to have enough time to do everything that I want to do? And, you know, with the schedule that I have set now, um, everything should be good. So. Awesome, dude. Good to hear, man, because I look forward to your work. In the, the IFL realm of things, I mean, I'm going to need noticeable, knowledgeable people like you to bring that information just so I know what's going on. So I look forward to seeing what all happens, dude, and, and what you guys make happen there in Vegas. Honestly, it seems like a great, great uh, experience, and it seems like it's going to have a lot of momentum this year, and things are going to just take off. Yeah, man. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you right now, you know, this is year three of the organization. 
organization's existence. You know, Nighthawks played their first season in 2022. Um, year three is a big year, you know, not just in IFL, but in pro football, whether you're a player, a coach, a team, you know, personnel guy like myself. I um, mean, you know, obviously I'm new to the organization. I wasn't there for the first two years, but, you know, we obviously want to make some strides um, in year three. You know, the first two seasons, um, you know, didn't uh, – you know, had losing records in both of those seasons. And we obviously want to improve on that. You know, the first two years, it's a lot of development, you know, as much as it is the on-field product, you're also establishing yourself in that market. You got a lot of things you need to test out, right? It's kind of an experimental time, but by year three, you're kind of settled down and now it really is, you know, um, obviously, uh, you know, the goal is to win a championship, which is the goal every year, but, but more so, you know, once you know that you're in the right place and you're doing the right things. Yes, sir. Yep. Mike G said, getting into the IFL, you're definitely someone I'll be paying attention to. And I'm right there with him, man. Seriously. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I, uh, I'll, I'll just add on a quick point. You know, um, Vegas is a fun market. You know, I take, the, I take that into consideration as well when I talk to people about the league. Um, you know, IFL has a lot of small market teams. You know, I think about uh, you know, Iowa, Sioux Falls, you know, some of these teams that are more out of the way, they're more local. But, you know, here in Vegas, uh, we're capitalizing on a very um, a fast growing sports market, I should say. You know, a lot of not only teams in that city, but there's a lot of winning. Um, you know, Golden Knights, who we're obviously affiliated with, we have the same owner, uh, Bill Foley. Golden Knights are coming off uh, Stanley Cup in the NHL. Uh, WNBA team, the Las Vegas Aces, just won a title. Um, so there's a lot going on there, man. And you know, we want to contribute to that as well. Sounds like a winning culture is being bred, man. No, no doubt. Exactly. Yep. I'm wondering if those Vipers will end up back there, I guess. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I will say this, you know, um, Nighthawks, you know, last year, again, this was prior to my time working there, but, you know, even with the Vipers in town, you know, being, you know, part of an outdoor pro football league as opposed to an arena league, um, you know, we still pulled in, you know, pretty good numbers, you know, competing with them. Um, and part of the reason is, you know, I think, even though we're indoor ball, I mean, we have a really nice venue over there at the Dollar Loan Center. Um, you know, that was new along with the team in 2022, shared with the uh, Henderson Silver Knights, which are also an affiliate of the Golden Knights. It all ties in. Um, but, you know, it's a really nice, nice venue, really, uh, really great place to just go, you know, with your family. And I think it's a lot more enjoyable than um, than Cashman Field. No shade to the XFL, right? But, uh, <laughs> I mean, when players are talking about, you know, the conditions there and the quality, you know something's up, so. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And we won't get detailed into it, but I just, if they do come back, they, they could definitely join and use that winning the culture and, and, and jump on board, no doubt. Right. Now, I'll tell you, you, you're talking about the athletes. Is there anyone notable, even on your team or on other teams, that we should really, I mean, be watching for this season? Because I'll tell you, I've had, a, I've had a couple guys already from, from different IFL teams come on the show. They're excited, man. They're ready to roll. 100%. Now, yeah, I've got a list here of a, of a couple guys I want to talk about. So Ooh. starting with um, our open tryout, I brought that up. Um, we had that at the end of October. Um, you know, the one guy we got from that was um, <clears throat> uh, Justin Hollins, wide receiver. Um, you know, he bounced around a lot in college. I think he started off at Boise State, uh, transferred to Oregon, and then eventually ended up at uh, Arizona State for his final year in 2021. So never really found his footing, you know, guy transferred a lot. Um, that's always something you look at when you're scouting, but he um, had a good showing at the tryout. I believe he had a four, four, one 40, something in the low 
four fours. And I think he had something in the low four threes unofficially at one of his pro days. So, um, you know, good speed, good body. Um, just a guy that, again, you know, doesn't have a lot to show um, necessarily on tape just because in college, you know, he was bouncing around so much, never really found the right opportunity. But um, a guy like that, you know, he's a raw athlete, you know, still needs to improve on some things. But, you know, that's what we're bringing him in for, right? IFL, just like the XFL and all these other um, spring leagues, whether they're, you know, indoor football or outdoor football, you know, we're giving somebody um, an opportunity to improve their game. And the fact that we were able to find him, you know, at an open tryout, which is, you know, more of a local thing, right? Um, that's something that we take great pride in. So excited to have him on board. Um, and then a couple other guys I'll mention. Um, well, let's talk about Tari and Taylor for a minute um, because you had him on the show last week. So I haven't actually gotten a chance to interact with him yet. He kind of got there, you know, right as I was getting on board, getting settled in, you know, starting uh, the scouting process. So he was one of Mike's guys. But, um, you know, he's a great player. Came out of uh, Division Two Tuskegee. Um, had uh, two games with 200-plus rushing yards last season, and I think he scored four touchdowns um, in one of those games, averaged 6.4 yards per carry. So an extremely efficient guy. You know, really, I think the only knock on his game um, – well, not necessarily his game, but, you know, he's 5'7". Um, yep. He was listed as 5'7", so he's, you know, a bit of a smaller guy. Um, you know, and obviously, um, in terms of translating that to at least the outdoor pro game, um, you know, might not have that uh, – might not have that edge, but – you know, him coming into a league like the IFL, I think, is great because, you know, we look for, um, you know, small kind of shifty backs, guys that are able to catch out of the backfield. Obviously, you know, you're looking for somebody very dynamic, and he certainly brings that to the table. So, Tarion we're excited for. Um, the other running back that we've got, Antonio Wimbush, um, I honestly might be more excited for just because uh, we brought him in from Iowa. And um, he was a bright spot on the Barnstormers team last year that uh, – you know, struggled a bit, right? But he was a bright spot. Um, played at another Division II school, Carson Newman. Um, you know, just a, again, another, you know, smaller, you know, shifty guy. Um, you know, again, can catch the ball well. And that's what, that's something that we really look for, right? Because I fell, you only got a 25 man roster. So if you want to make a team, uh, you got to be able to do a couple different things. And that's something yep. that I think he brings to the table very well. So, you got the running backs. Um, the other group I'll touch on here really quickly is the defensive line. I'm really excited, you know, about that group. Uh, brought in three guys that were in CFL camps. So we have uh, Kashawn Moore, who played at Hampton and uh, was in camp with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We have Nick Andrews, who played at Bethel in Tennessee, which is an NAIA school. And keep in mind, this guy was one of the top NAIA prospects. So really excited to have him. Yeah, I um, know that name as well. That one rung out yep. for sure. Yep, he's been around, you know, me and him had been talking, um, you know, earlier in the year, you know, about XFL stuff and, you know, happy to have him out now in the IFL. But he ultimately signed a contract with the Edmonton Elks and then got cut from there. Now we have him on board, so maybe he can um, get that outdoor opportunity again, hopefully. Um, and then the last guy, you know, from that defensive line group that I'll touch on that was in CFL camp was uh, C.J. Wright from Georgia Southern who uh, spent time with the Montreal Alouettes team that's going to be playing in the Grey Cup this weekend. I'll be there for that, by the way, so really excited to uh, to see that team in person. But yeah, CJ was up there in Montreal, you know, excited to have him on board. So defensive line is definitely a, a group to look out for, you know, doing the work in the trenches, right? They don't always get the credit, but, um, you know, definitely some athletes there, and we're, we're excited to see their development. Sounds like a great group of guys, man. And I'll tell you, from talking with Torian and watching his film and seeing the way he is, I think you'll appreciate him greatly. 
I don't think his size is going to hold him back there. And, and, you know, like you said, maybe in a pro outdoor league at some, at some capacity, but man, that guy, he's small, but he is mighty dude. He he's just wide. Tiny but mighty, big, man. That's what they say. Big body. He can bounce off and redirect. I mean, I, I was very impressed watching this film and, like I said, that just talking to him, dude, super excited, very humble guy. Not, you know, he's not big headed. He knows he's he knows he's a badass, but he doesn't act like it. So that, that's what's the, be- the best part about him, honestly. Yeah, dude, sounds like you got a great group, and I mean, you still got plenty of time to to still pursue other athletes, correct? Absolutely. I mean, I'll tell you right now, you know, in the world of um, personnel and scouting, like there's a lot of guys I've talked to. I'm not going to name names, but you know, certain guys I've looked at that signed on with other IFL. Teams teams right um you know just with the way obviously you're working with a small roster size you can't sign everybody and um you know that that's just one of those logistical things there's gonna be a lot of good athletes uh in this league next year you know some of them are gonna be rookies right guys that i'm looking at that are coming into the league for the first time but then you're gonna have some other guys you know who have been playing ifl football for a long time um the last thing i'll touch on in terms of players you know with vegas um a couple of veteran guys i wanted to mention uh, or shout out. So we traded for uh, Derek Jones uh, from the Frisco Fighters. Um, you know, that was a while ago now, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, he provides kind of the uh, sort of, well, there's, uh, we got a couple guys, you know, again, I'll get into it, you know, in terms of veteran presence, but, uh, you know, he was drafted into the NFL, right? Sixth round uh, to the New York Jets in 2017. So one of those guys that has the NFL pedigree, and you don't see that a lot in the IFL, right? I mean, this is, you know, you're talking about a league where, you know, you're only making so much money and, you know, it's just guys, you know, who were at the NFL level, you know, some of those um, trickle down into, you know, XFL, USFL, CFL first, but a guy like Derek, you know, he's older now. I think he's um, maybe 28, um, you know, so he's getting up there in age. Um, But yeah, I mean, played for the Jets for two seasons was drafted by them, uh, played in XFL 2020 with the Seattle Dragons, uh, also spent time in CFL and USFL between, I think it was Calgary and then uh, New Orleans with the Breakers. Um, so, you know, he's definitely a, a guy that's, you know, again, he's been around the block. He can help out uh, the younger guys. And, you know, he was looking for a fresh start. So brought him in from Frisco and excited to see what he can do. Uh, the other guy I'll talk about um, is Caleb Pauly, um, you know, who's, 32 so he's definitely you know he's definitely up there um he'll tell you you know 32 he doesn't play like he's 32 you know he still feels young and looks young and it's all good but um yeah man Caleb you know had an opportunity when I went out to um the open tryout there in Vegas got to meet him uh for the first time you know and and you can tell he's really a, a leader um you know he's played um you know since well pro football since uh 2014 I believe came out of um East Central Division II school in Oklahoma um, spent time with the Buffalo Bills um, and then eventually went on to the CFL with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And he played, um, you know, for uh, Mike Davis, who, you know, worked on um, personnel in Saskatchewan for four years, right, is with us now. There was that pre-existing connection. So they've always been tight. You know, he played um, he played in Saskatchewan for three years and then um, had a bit of arena experience, I believe, maybe prior to coming into the CFL, but was with Saskatchewan, was with Ottawa, was with Edmonton, and then, you know, finally got him out uh, in Vegas this year. So excited to see him. Um, you know, again, really, he, he brings that, you know, veteran element that we like to see. And, you know, in the IFL, it's tough now with veterans because you only have um, eight veteran spots, I think, seven or eight. Oh, wow. Um, wow. You know, and, and that's guys aware that, of that. Right. And that's guys that are 28 years um, 
and above. So there's certainly um, a pivot towards, you know, younger guys now. I think the veteran rule used to be, um, and, and this was prior to, you know, my time in the league, but I think it used to be, you know, a veteran was, it didn't matter how old you were. It was just, I think, three plus years of, you know, time in the IFL. Um, but yeah, now it's different, you know, now, regardless of, you know, whether you've been in the IFL for X many years or, you know, you're playing in the IFL for the first time, if you're, you know, above the age of 28, you know, there's only so many slots for those guys. So, um, you know, again, when you look at those vet guys, uh, you know, you have to be very careful, right? Because there's only so many spots, but, um, you know, Caleb obviously knows the game really well and, and you'll understand that. Uh, you know, just talking to him and, you know, he's still looking for another opportunity outdoors at 32. And, you know, obviously we'll see what happens with the merger. Right. And we'll see, you know, um, where he could go. But, you know, he was in the CFL as recently as last year, you know, and there's I don't think there's anything stopping him. So I'll always pull for him to get an opportunity. You know, um, obviously, I think, you know, any guy that we bring in, you know, we're all about player development. We want guys uh, to get opportunities and to advance uh, to the next level, wherever, uh, wherever that be. Excuse me. Um, you know, we had a couple guys last year again before I was there. Um, the two most notable ones, I'd say, that got, you know, pro outdoor opportunities again. You had uh, Katie Cannon, uh, the receiver who played, um, you know, in the XFL this year between D.C. Defenders and Orlando Guardians. And then. um so he played uh, in 2022, right? So year one. And then the other guy that played there in year one with the Nighthawks was um, Coney Ely, uh, you know, who oh, yeah, longtime NFL veteran, you know, high draft pick, um, picked off Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. I think that's what he's most known for uh, when he was with the Panthers, um, you know, came, played in the IFL and then went up to uh, CFL with the Edmonton Elks. Um, and he's, you know, played there uh, this year, too. So you know, again, the, the opportunity is there if you can take it. You know, we obviously have a lot of connections. Um, you know, you come in, you get your film, um, and then, you know, we'll see what happens. We understand that, you know, as much as it, it's about, you know, winning a championship with our existing guys, you know, that's what we're bringing them in for. Um, you know, this might not be the long game for a lot of guys. You know, um, guys are going to want to move up and make more money doing something else. And, and I respect that, you know. Um, the reality is, you know, when you come into the IFL, a lot of the times, at least for some of these players, maybe not all of them, depending on your circumstance, but for a lot of these guys, it's kind of – I've kind of coined it like the last chance you of pro football, you know, where IFL it's kind of make or break. Like you either come here or, you know, you're going to be at home working another job. So, again, it's really about what you do with the opportunity and maybe you create a career uh, in the IFL for several seasons or you just come in for a couple games or one full season and then you get the call up um, outdoors either way you know there's a lot of um, different directions that could go and a lot of um, situations that could benefit guys I think really any circumstance you know coming um, into the IFL you know a player will benefit from so that's why I'm excited to be a part of this you know more than anything and um, I believe that we have a lot of guys right now um, you know whether they've been in a pro outdoor league before or not that, that can get that opportunity yeah yeah i mean that the opportunity seems like it's there and many many of the men i've talked to that's what they treat it like it's not like we're going to play around we're, this is this is like a, a tryout for work this is a, a serious event well um, but i know a, a lot of the guys actually work real jobs during that time also mm-hmm. absolutely and you kind of have to because again you know ifl game check game checks uh typically you know aren't um, aren't that much money you know you're only making um, so much during a season so yeah a lot of guys are you know balancing things and you know sometimes the deciding factor uh, as crazy as it sounds when you're recruiting a guy just with the money situation 
you know, I mean, if they've got a family or something, you know, they've got a kid. Um, that can sometimes, you know, make it challenging. And that's, uh, you know, sometimes why guys, uh, they don't want to leave, you know, what they already have, you know, somewhere else, even if they're fit. And I totally understand that. I'm like, don't, you know, if you've got something established in another place, you know, don't give that up if you don't feel like it's right. I mean, I can't, I can't make that decision for you, but, you know, it's certainly something that you have to think about. The one thing too, that I'll say about the IFL game in general, not just about uh, our team in Vegas, but, you know, some guys come into the IFL, especially maybe, um, you know, some guys that have been in the NFL before and they come in thinking it's going to be easy. You know, they come in thinking that just because of their pedigree, you know, I played at a big college, whatever uh, you come in and, and you dominate. But the reality is, um, you know, IFL is almost a different sport, you know, indoor football, yeah. arena football, whatever it is, it's almost a different game. Right. So uh, you have to get adjusted to the pace and it's, you know, eight V eight. It's not traditional. Um, there's a lot of things that make it different. Right. And you'll see that when you watch games, um, on TV, on YouTube, wherever it be, um, you know, some of these guys come in, you know, from these pro leagues and they don't have, um, you know, the same impact maybe that you would expect from a guy that's, you know, well-known or kind of has the um, the name brand or whatever you want to put it. You know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, and if the same thing happens up in Canada too in the CFL. I mean, we talk about, you know, yep, yep. Um, some – IFL obviously has a partnership with the XFL, but we send a lot of guys uh, to Canada too. Um, you know, guys will go up to Canada thinking, you know, that it's just going to be a walk in the park and you can get a roster spot, no problem. But, you know, CFL has been around for a long time and they have some players uh, up there just like we have in the IFL too, you know, that have been around for several seasons, you know, multiple years. These guys are lifers in the league and, um, you know, they play a different speed of the game. Um, so, you know, you'll get that too. And again, I think that's something that's overlooked, right? Like just because, you know, the IFL isn't, um, you know, it doesn't get the same traction as some of these other pro leagues. I mean, the level of competition is still extremely high. I don't care, For you know, sure. I don't care what money you're making. I, I think that the, yep. the level of competition in this league is extremely high and you'll see that, you know, if you watch it on a regular basis, I know any arena fan can vouch for that. And it was, you know, I'm not just saying that for the IFL nowadays, but back when you had, you know, the AFL and its prime, uh, you know, in the mid 2000s, when those games were being um, broadcast on NBC, you know, people saw that it's a rough, uh, aggressive and fast game. And if you're not ready for it, you know, it'll come at you very quickly. No doubt. No doubt. So let me ask you this. So say you sign a guy, he gets the opportunity to uh, go to the XFL, you know, this, this, the sea dragons want him. Sure. Uh, they're allowed to sign him off that roster and then you're allowed to replace that spot on the roster. Just, just trying to understand a little better. Yeah. So the way that I, you know, from what I've heard, what I've been figuring out um, as an assistant is, um, you know, if a guy gets an opportunity with the XFL, you know, we can replace him. So, so let me, let me back up a bit. We have an advantage dancing list of guys that Understood. are you know moving on to other pro leagues right they're moving up they have interest from an xfl you know cfl usfl team whatever it be um those guys can move up they can do whatever they want um, we can bring in another guy in the time being but the most important part here um that i should really touch on is we retain rights to that player so that's what you know, i'm like, interested in you know coney ely right coney ely's up in the cfl right now in edmonton i don't think i mean i I don't know. I don't think he's ever coming back, you know, to the IFL just at his age. You know, he's got his outdoor opportunity again. I think he's moved on, but we still have rights to him. So if he, you know, for whatever reason wanted to come back to the IFL, you know, we could say, you know, I mean, we, we still have rights to him. Um, whether or not there's an expiration period on those rights, I don't know. Like if a guy, you know, 
leaves another league and wants to come back, like, you know, whether or not we have to do something within a certain number of days, that's above me. Um, you know, that's something you'd have to ask our coach, Mike Davis, about. Again, he he knows he knows everything, man. I mean, I again, that's why I love working for Mike, because any question I have, even if it's, you know, this little niche thing about personnel, he'll know. But the bottom line is, yeah, so, you know, a guy can advance and, you know, and that's also, too, you know, this is one thing, you know, I'm glad you brought this up because um, compared to, you know, even, well, really any level of the outdoor game, whether it's NFL, CFL, XFL, you know, we've had a lot of guys over, you know, the past two years that have advanced and it was somewhat unexpected. I mean, if you ask Mike, I think he'd say that, you know, we lost more guys than we expected to other leagues, which is at the end of the day, a good thing, right? But you have to replace that during the season. So it's important, you know, when you're doing personnel in the IFL, you want to have a short list um, of guys, you know, that maybe you've been in contact with, you know, that you can just call up on maybe, um, you know, a basis of a couple of days, like, hey, this dude, you know, he's injured, he got a call, you know, to another league, can you come in, you know, and and do your thing, right? Because um, we've obviously already looked at the tape and all that, we've got your info. Um, so yeah, it, it's, uh, it's fast paced in that sense, right? Like you never know who could go when. And I think, you know, roster turnover um, really in any, I mean, in any alternate league, I guess roster turnover happens very quickly. I mean, you know, CFL, like those are typically one year contracts, you know, um, XFL. It was like, you know, it was technically two years. It was like one year with an option, you know, if guys, because you're seeing guys from the XFL go to the NFL and then now they're back. Um, in the XFL, a couple of them. Um, so, yeah, it, it kind of gets complicated, right, with all that uh, roster management stuff. But the bottom line is, you know, guys can advance. We can replace them. Um, you know, obviously my job uh, is finding the talent. So, you know, just because um, you have a 25-man roster, you know, in the IFL on opening day, my job's far from done. You know, I'm probably going to be doing just as much now in these months leading up to the season when it comes to finding guys and looking at their film um, as I am during the season. You know, when we start, you know, maybe losing guys or changing things, you know, other pro leagues come calling. And, uh, you know, there's variables to that, but those are things I don't determine. So, Understood. Yeah, I was just curious if, you know, if the opportunity was still there for them to move up. And, you know, I didn't really understand fully if, if they could or not. On another note, I'll tell you, Coney Ely, I actually played against him in high school when he was a sophomore, I believe. Really? And Yep, yep. Down in southeast that's, Missouri. That's yeah, and he played for New Madrid, um, and they thumped our heads real good that year. <laughs> but, yeah, I had to, had to note that. He's he's almost a local hero amongst, like, the, the southeast Missouri area. You know, a lot of people know him, know his name. He's had a lot of camps, a lot of interaction. So Absolutely. I mean, look, really, I'll tell you. Really good. Yeah, no, I mean, look, when I bring up, you know, players that have been through our program, you know, one of the first guys I always say is, is Coney Ely, and usually that's the one that rings, you know, kind of rings a bell because, yep. again, you know, with – and the last thing I'll maybe touch on, you know, in regards of, you know, scouting – at the IFL level is, you know, we've got, you know, we've had guys that have gone through our program, not just the ones that I mentioned, you know, that have um, gone, you know, elsewhere. Like, you know, I talked about Coney Ely. I talked about Katie Cannon, but like we had Darius Geis last year, you know, who played at LSU was one of the, you know, great SEC running backs, had some phenomenal uh, performances here at LSU. And, you know, 
obviously ran into some legal troubles, which uh, kept him out of pro football for a while. You know, it was only and injuries too. keep in mind when he was with Washington, you know, he was always banged up and really only ended up uh, being effective in a couple games. But, you know, we had him last year. We had Robert Nakamdiche, defensive lineman, uh, former first round pick, um, you know, a couple years ago. He came in. Uh, as well so th- there's been guys you know that have gone through there uh, with that pedigree and obviously those names are going to ring a bell right I can talk to somebody about those guys they're going to know who that is as opposed to some of our you know smaller uh, school players but you know again those guys it's not guaranteed success I mean I enjoy uh, the point that I'm really getting to here the last thing that I want to talk to about you know the scouting and personnel here at the IFL level um, you know you're scouting a different type of player essentially and what I mean by that is you know, you're looking for really the diamonds in the rough. And you'll hear about that, you know, in the XFL and some of these other leagues. But really in arena football, you are digging deep into the basket, I guess you'd say. Um, you're going, you know, really FCS and below. I mean, I majority of guys I've looked at, you know, it's FCS, Division Two, and then you mix in a couple Division Three and NAIA guys as well. But, you know, that's just um, that's just the level you're looking at. You know that that's the most likely player that you can get. And and again, right, like, you know, you can bring in these FBS guys, you know, these power five guys, you know, who, you know, maybe have touched the NFL at some point or another. Um, but for me personally, you know, I really enjoy looking at the dudes who, you know, performed well at a small college, um, you know, maybe didn't get the recognition after they went out of college, you know, in terms of getting an opportunity at the pro level. And then I get to, you know, help uh, award that to them. And, um, you know, obviously there's been a lot of success in the IFL with guys uh, from that, you know, small school pedigree. So excited again to see just how the roster develops. And, you know, a lot of the guys, again, that we're bringing in right now, they're all, you know, from a, from a unique background. And, you know, the, the, every one of them is unique. That's that's what's great about working in, uh, in player personnel is every guy has a story. You know, everybody's different, but you can all come together and I get to play a role in determining – you know, who gets to come together. So it's all, it's all very fun. It's all very unique. And ultimately, you know, all that um, leads up to a very, or what should be a very exciting season here in 2024. Yes, sir. I'm ready. I, I haven't done much indoor or arena stuff personally, but I, I look forward to it this year. It's going to be an adventure for sure. My only disappointments is that locally, there's not much around me to attend. You know, if I wanted to go to something, I'm going to have to, to travel quite a ways to get there. Right. But otherwise, looking forward to it, man. And it's great that you guys give those those men the opportunity. And whether it be to actually, you know, play and make a career there or just move up or, hey, we're just giving it another sh- another go. See what we got left in the tank. You know, whatever it takes. It's awesome that, you know that kind of rings back out through the XFL USFL landscape. And that's, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Everybody gets the opportunity. Everybody gets a chance. And I mean, as long as you have a resume and you're athletic and you're, you're real, you know, you're not just out there posting videos. (laughs) Right. Um, So let me ask you one more question. And this may not be your scape, scape and scope of things, uh, but curious whenever you go and say you're, you're setting up your, your offense, your defense there, are you building your teams around these seasonal players, these guys that you talked about have all the experience? I mean, are you really trying to build your offense around two or three men? Or is this is this like a scheme where, you know, we're just coming in and teaching the whole playbook and next man up mentality? You know, that that does that make sense in terms of a question? It does. You know, I, I think the best way I can answer that is we're just trying to be fair, right? I mean, when I, you know, evaluate a player, I mean, you know, we care about, 
or I care about, especially, I mean, you know, film and all that, but, you know, we're looking at background as well and character and all those things. I mean, personally, like I said, there's a type of player that I enjoy scouting, but I have a no stone unturned policy. So I'll look at, you know, I'll look anywhere. I mean, hell I've looked at, you know, I mean, I'm not going to give anything away, obviously, but I've looked at guys. (laughs) Yeah, don't do that. (laughs) No, no, I won't do that at all. But, um, you know, I've looked at guys, you know, some that have played in Mexico, some guys that have played in Europe, um, you know, some guys that have played in, you know, smaller arena leagues. And then obviously, you know, some dudes that, um, like I pointed out earlier, have touched the NFL, you know, maybe have, you know, been around in, in the XFL or the CFL. Again, there's just so many places, you know, where you can find players and, um, you know, never stop looking is kind of my, uh, you know, kind of my policy, right? I mean, I, you know, no stone and turn, never stop looking. There's always going to be players available that will be ready to play for you. Um, there are so many guys, you know, that come out of college every year that don't get the right look. It's an endless list. You know, we'll never yep. get bored of looking at guys. So, you know, I, I think some people, you know, um, sometimes they'll say, well, isn't it hard trying to find guys who want to play in the IFL? Man, guys are, you know, when I reach out to a guy, you know, trying to recruit him, um, these guys get really excited, you know, most of them about uh, about an opportunity like this. Um, playing pro football, um, even if you're only making, again, X many dollars per season, um, at the end of the day, it's still pro football. Not a lot of guys, you know, get to do that. And, you know, as many opportunities as there are now, you know, with all these leagues that are surfacing again, whether it's pro outdoor, pro indoor, um, there's still never going to be enough spots to get everybody. Um, so, you know, you do have to be selective. Um, but yeah, ultimately, um, like I said before, you know, I'm, I'm open to anything and um, no stone unturned. So, you know, I'll, I'll get people, you know, sending me guys from every which way. And I, I appreciate any help I can get in that regard, too. I like it. I like it. One more point before we move on. Mike G said, has Evan seen Toro stair workout? Uh, did you watch the show last week by chance? I watched a bit of it. I did not see this stair workout, but I'm intrigued now. So I'll definitely have to get back to Let that. Me- I'll pull it up. Or you can show it to me now, too. Yeah, that'd be great. It's on his YouTube. He says that sounds like a running back thing. Immediately, (laughs) I hear stair workout. I think, you know, big quads, all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he says he works out, and he goes up there, and he runs. And um, it's pretty uh, – it's too much for me. Let's put it that way. Oh, yeah. Um, But it looks awesome. Sometimes I'm glad I'm on the scouting side and not the playing side. I'll just put it (laughs) that way. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm too old for that myself now. <laughs> right. All right. So let's check it out real quick. He says he goes out here often. It's five, ten minutes from where he lives currently. Okay. So that's him right there. Yep. That elevation, man, that altitude. Yeah, no kidding. You, you can see how stocky yeah, he is. Good. Dude. He, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's wide-bodied, and that guy's ready to roll. Check out his YouTube, man. It's got some good stuff. He doesn't have a whole lot of stuff on there, but he's got enough to, to get more of an idea of him if, if you haven't already. For um, sure. But when you do talk to him, just tell him I said hi and and, and just, just so he knows. Because I told him I knew you, and he was like, I don't know who he is yet because we haven't met anybody. We haven't <laughs> yeah, well, that's the reality. Like, oh, you will. Exactly. I mean, even myself. I mean, you know, we're – you know, we're signing guys, I'm communicating with guys, but again, a lot of the work that I do is behind the scenes. You know, I'm only yep. going to be there in person so many times. A lot of it's just, you know, communication, email, Twitter, this and that. So, you know, I, ultimately, you know, while I have a lot to say um, and people know that I'm well-spoken, um, a lot of this stuff is, you know, just quiet uh, behind the scenes 
work. So, yeah, I'm not surprised. You know, I mean, I turned up there at our open tryout, um, you know, in Vegas, and that was the first time that I'd really met anybody besides Mike. So, um, you know, again, excited to to work with those guys, obviously, in the future, no doubt. It's a, it's a great group of not just players, but also coaches that we have. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, you know, when you're doing personnel, like, um, you know, Caleb Hawley, who, you know, the receiver that I was talking about, he was telling me, like, you know, when he went to Saskatchewan, he had no idea – um, that Mike was the guy who actually recruited him there and that looked at his film and really gave him the opportunity because it's all behind the scenes, um, you know. So eventually he found out, and obviously that created a relationship, and they're still very close to this day. Um, but it's just kind of funny how that works. You know, sometimes uh, sometimes you never know who, uh, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. True story, true story. And it's just as, as important as anything else. I mean, if you don't find these guys, you're not going to have a team. So right. I, I can see the importance in it, no doubt um let's see we had one question from demarcus and richard i see your question we're going to talk about the merger here soon i promise uh, but demarcus said any qbs we should maybe watch out for um coming up to the xfl season i mean you know i've had this question asked a couple times um you know in regards of guys coming out of college um you know i, I would have to make a list uh, in terms of guys you know that are free agents right now or maybe guys that are you know um, in the IFL, I mean, I'll tell you right now, you know, our quarterback in uh, in Vegas, Joe Mancuso, um, you know, he's a guy I'm really excited to see this season. You know, maybe he's a guy that gets an outdoor opportunity. He was previously with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers um, in the CFL, you know, pretty low on their depth chart, but um, kind of a guy that was up there to learn, you know, and understand things. And, you know, now he's starting to, uh, to demonstrate that, you know, with the IFL game. Last year we had, um, again, this was before I was here, but last year we had Joe Mancuso and uh, Daquan Neal. Uh, Neil just signed with um, Bay Area, the Panthers. Um, so, you know, Joe, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what he does. Um, I'm kind of just plugging my quarterback at this point, so maybe that's not answering your question. But, um, <laughs> look, man, like I said earlier, uh, to give you somewhat of a more direct answer, um, you know, look, there's a lot of guys, you know, and if you watch um, any college ball, I mean, you know, I had a question asked me um, the other day, you know, about guys that are currently in college, you know, that could come out and, and play um, – you know, spring football in 2024. I don't know if there's a lot of those guys. I mean, I know last year, like in the XFL, like there was only, you know, maybe three guys that had played college football in 2022 that signed on to the league. And one of them was a quarterback, uh, Harrison Frost from uh, from West Georgia, uh, who was with the Sea Dragons. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think a lot of the quarterbacks that you're going to want to look at um, are guys, you know, that played college, again, in 2022 and that have been, um, free agents this year there, there's a couple you know that I can think of again they might be some of them might be my my prospects so I'm not going to say their <laughs> names um, they might be on my list but uh, you know again a lot of talent out there man no doubt agreed agreed I think what a name that sticks out to me is a guy like TJ Hilliard you know the straight baller and you know he, he I, I really don't understand how he's not in like the XFL USFL whatever because mm -hmm. dude's, dude's a beast. Um, so that that's kind of who sticks out in my brain when I think of that. But I can see your end of it. And like it's like an unlimited pool of people there that you're I mean, it's hard to pick and choose, especially when that depicts your strategy and, and what you're trying to do going forward for your team. So definitely. Understand. I mean, let's put it this way. Last thing on this topic. Um, you know, I don't know how many I mean, I, between, you know, power five through NAIA, I don't know how many schools that is, but, you know, it's, it's a lot of schools. Every one of those schools has a starting quarterback. 
So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe all those guys aren't ready for the pro game. You know, maybe the, all those guys obviously aren't eligible, you know, to come out um, in the draft. But, you know, that's a lot of QBs that have some sort of playing time and experience. And I can guarantee you, you know, it's not just me, but any personnel guy, you know, whether it's IFL, XFL, CFL, um, those guys are getting evaluated. Again, a lot of it happens behind the scenes. You don't hear about it, but um, it's happening. Understood. Understood. Well, I appreciate that, man. That's a lot of information regarding that IFL. I mean, it it, it gives me a lot better understanding just from that conversation right there. Uh, especially, I mean, I knew there was a 25-man roster, but I was not aware of the, the limited season vet amount. Yeah, well, that's new. I mean, at least uh, in terms of the wording as to what is a veteran. And I'll say, you know, that's a blessing and a curse because there's some guys that you want to bring in uh, that are experienced, but, you know, they're kind of right at that 28 mark, Um, you know, and then there's some guys who, I mean, again, the the idea is that you want to be looking at younger guys. I mean, typically now, you know, 26 is kind of like you know if you're older than that there's gonna have to be some sort of special like you better be doing something good if you're over 26 because again just with the way you know things have worked out um you know we really have to pivot towards younger guys but I don't mind that again like I kept saying earlier um you know there's a lot of guys that are you know 23 24 coming out of these small colleges that you know just don't get um the right representation and you know my goal is to go find them and give them a chance to play Yes, sir. Yeah. From my from my interviewing and from my talking to multiple different arena or smaller, smaller professional athletes, COVID really screwed them up, man. COVID really messed a lot of these guys career oh, yeah. up. And yeah, whether it be well, just getting film or the playtime they need and opportunities just didn't come during that time. I mean, it, it well, was a rough thing. One thing, too. I mean, you know, if you want to tie in the COVID situation into this is. When it comes to scouting, you know, guys that are, you know, ready to come out of college, um, you know, fortunately, we're kind of at the end now, uh, you know, because COVID granted everybody an extra year of eligibility, right? Yep. Um, so you get a lot of guys now, um, a lot of these, like, you know, guys that are just like, it seems like they're older than they should be. You don't really know, you know, what's happened. Again, that it, it's just, you know, we're finally getting through the end of that. I think by next year, most yep. of those guys – uh, should be pretty much cleared out and on to the next phase in life, whether that be pro football or something else. But uh, that does make it difficult. I mean, uh, not going to name names here per usual, but uh, I was talking to a guy, um, you know, just last week from a Division two school, and um, I thought he was already out, um, already out of school. And he's like, nah, man, I got my last game, you know, this coming weekend. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, look, you know, you're still a good player. Like, I'll keep you on my list. But, uh, again, like, you know, that's one of those things you really have to go digging for. And um, a lot of guys, you know, go back and it becomes complicated quite, Mm -hmm. uh, quite fast. And, you know, it's a complicated process, especially with the small school dudes too, because, you know, just getting filmed for those guys. I mean, unless you're, you know, directly reaching out to them and and communicating with them, like that stuff's not just available, you know, guys kind of create their own stuff and it's, it's a much more personalized process. So, Again, when it comes to, you know, finding players, you really do have to hunt them down and, and you know, you don't have to you, you should not be afraid to uh, to speak up. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's what I mean, to be honest with you, many of these guys just reach out to me just to to be like, hey, share my stuff. Talk. Can you tell me this? Yep. Can you do this? Yeah. I can't I've imagine guys being on that. your end. Yep. Like I know I've had a lot of guys not, in that boat, too, all the time. 
I'm sure there's there's so many that once they especially once they find out your position and what you're doing, I can't even imagine, man. So look, I'll, that's why I'll I like getting your perspective. <laughs> I'll say this much too. You know, um, like I said, I communicate with a lot of guys, right? You have to reach out, you know, inquire about interest uh, when it comes to these players. Um, but at the same time, I have a lot of dudes where I'm not actively finding them; they're coming to me. I mean, my yep. DMs are flooded, man. I, I can't, you know, I'm not going to show you my uh, my Twitter DM threads, but every day, you know, my inbox, it's just, you know, it, it fills up real quick and I got to go through stuff. And, you know, I tell guys, I'm always looking, right? I can't guarantee anything, but I'm always looking, you know, and I will, um, as crazy as it sounds, I mean, I get a lot of these requests, you know, I'll go over film, right? I, you know, I can tell pretty quickly, you know, whether or not a guy is ready, but, um, you know, sometimes you will find, uh, you will find these gems just by, uh, you know, somebody reaching out. Like I remember during the XFL season, there was a really cool story where, um, you know, Hakeem Butler, who ended up playing with the Battlehawks, reached out to Anthony Beck via Twitter and was yep. like, hey, coach, like just wanted to, you know, touch base on an XFL opportunity and see what this is all about. And then he goes on to be one of the best receivers in the league and lands uh, another opportunity with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, you know, you never know what things um, might lead to, man. And that just goes, you know, not just in football, obviously, but in any aspect of life. Shoot your shot as long as you're you're being respectful and and like I said, you have a legitimate resume. Shoot that shot, whether it's a job, athletics, good mm-hmm. food, hell, whatever it is, just do your yep. thing, you know. But yeah, right. man, I appreciate that inside. We'll move on and we'll we'll get on the, the dicey topic here. Um yeah. but once again, before we move on officially, I want to say good luck, man. If we don't speak again, which I'm sure we will before the season kicks off, good right. luck. Do your thing. I mean I'm I'm happy for you, and I look forward to seeing what you guys accomplish there in Vegas. Oh, man, I appreciate that. I'll say, you know, if anybody's got, you know, free time, tune into our games, man. They'll be on YouTube, live streamed, um, as all the IFL games are. Um, cool. You know, tune in, man. I You know, as much fan support as we can get, I got to promote that uh, just as much as I promote my players. So, Understood. Understood. Well, what do you think, man? The spring football <laughs> – world right now is in shambles whether you, see, you know so this guy now we were just you? talking logistics but now now it's getting in now it's getting deep huh <laughs> yeah yeah it always depends on who you know though you know <laughs> who's got who's it got does. the most current the, the 10 man or the 12 man what, what's it going to be right now oh <laughs> uh, but, but yeah man in terms of the updates i'm not really going to say there has been any updates uh, i mean we are still just waiting and that's what I feel like. We've been just waiting for, what, seven weeks? Something like that? Eight weeks now? I mean, it's, it, it, it seems like since this first dropped, I mean, you've, we've got a trickle of info, a trickle of info, a trickle of info. But really, who knows what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. In terms of the 2024 season, if we don't get something released soon, in my opinion, it's not going to be very easy to have this merged league. And, and that's just me talking. Uh, but what do you think so far of, of just the the information? The and I don't want to get down to the detailed rumors because I don't want to dish out more information. But, I mean, that, do you think this stuff is valid? Is this merger happening? Or are we going to have a separate season next year as as it should be? Well, it's a great question, you know, without diving into any of the rumor and speculation stuff. Um, initially, you know, when you read the room, uh, when I say read the room, I mean, 
you know, obviously I have a lot of connections within the XFL. I'm just talking to guys. Look, nobody really knows anything, of course. Um, We've been over that. But you read the room, and it did seem pretty official. I mean, look, the leagues came out themselves um, after the initial report. I think it was from Axios came out. And uh, they said, you know, we intend to merge. And the statement was there, and they had the PR release and the whole bit. It was very official. Um, And it looked like it was going to happen. You know, they specifically said for 2024. Um, But now there's some things being floated around. And again, we're not getting into rumors and speculation, but just based off what we have, um, you know, maybe it happens this year. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe the entire thing falls through and there's no merger at all, whether it's 2024 or 2025. Um, So it's a good question. You know, again, with the amount of evidence that we have right now, which is little to none, that's that's a hard conclusion to make. But I think part of that just stems from... Uh, people people are waiting right people have been waiting yep. for a while um on this and you know even my, myself included i'm getting a bit impatient you know i'm kind of uh, i was telling you uh, before we started the stream right like you know every morning i wake up and i get on my phone and right before i open twitter <laughs> i just close my eyes and i'm like is today going to be the day where things just blow up and my phone if it's not already you know filled with uh, with film and people trying to you know get in touch with me about opportunities you know then it's going to start blowing up about you know well what do you think about this and that and what's going to happen here and you know i don't know so um at this point i will say um you know while there might be some uncertainty maybe amongst some people at least as to whether or not this is viable for 2024. I think that's something we all question to begin with. But even if there is still some uncertainty, uh, you know, we're sitting here recording this on the evening of November 14th. It's been close to two months since the announcement. Um, you know, the, the word is that, you know, any day now, really, um, you know, could be this week, could be next week. Um, there was a couple different ideas floated around, you know, November 13th, which was yesterday, the Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one that was going around and gained some traction. Um, really, I think just any time before Thanksgiving, uh, to be honest, is a is a good um, you know um, a good way to look at it. Uh, so that's about you know that's like nine days. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it feels like we're getting close to something. Uh, we have to be right because you know the reality is. I mean, we're sitting here, you know, mid November. I mean, XFL training camps. You know, assuming uh, the merge league doesn't happen and the XFL just, you know, follows their schedule from last year, those training camps will be starting in mid-January. That's two months away. You know, yep. and keep in mind, uh, you know, there's not not just with the merger, but like we were talking about, um, well, Vegas earlier, obviously, but the Vipers, like they don't have a place to play. You know, they, yep. there was an announcement that came out shortly before the merger saying, um, you know, the Vipers will not return to Cashman Field in 2024. But then there hasn't been any follow-up as to where they might be, you know, in 2024. So another question there that I think maybe has kind of gotten uh, shoved under the rug, per se, with, you know, obviously all of the, you know, merger, uh, I don't know if you want to call it drama, but, you know, again, rumors and speculation, right? We keep saying that. Uh, yep. That's something that's been swept under the rug. So, yeah, man, just just a lot of questions. Um, you know, me personally, um, I still think this could happen for 2024 just because if you remember the timeline from last year, there was a bit of, um, well, not, I mean, this time last year, the XFL draft was happening, but they did push a lot of things, you know, very close um, to the season start date, including a lot of the Vegas stuff. I, I don't want to yep. keep circling back to that. I want to talk about other things, but, you know, like the Vipers, like that whole Cashman Field situation, that wasn't announced till like, what, end of December, early January. They had to push back the schedule release because of that. Like, if you remember, the schedule didn't come out to early January. That was like a month before yep. the season started. So, 
while we are kind of getting in the crunch time here in terms of, you know, like we do need to hear something about a merger if it's going to happen. Um, we've seen it before where these leagues can operate in a really tight window. And uh, I don't know if that's necessarily good if you're going to merge entities, but, um, you know, that's not up to me. So, yes, sir. That's that's my thing is, yeah, it's possible. But is it but is it possible successfully? Can we do it and bring people to the games? Can you do it and have people buy tickets? Can you do it and have people watch on TV? That that was the biggest downfall of XFL last year is man, I'm gunged up, I'm gunned up, ready to go. I'm I'm hype and I'm ready to buy tickets in, on Christmas, before Christmas. I mean November. I can't. Right. I can't. I can't. I, come January, I still can't buy tickets. Is this thing legit? Are we really having a season? Yeah, we just gotta wait. I think it was two weeks prior to February when tickets opened up, if I remember. I can't remember exactly. It may have been three weeks. But, man. Yeah, it might have been it, like end of January. I mean, again, they were cutting it close. Yep. That's my worry. And then another thing, too, we got Houston sitting there, and you have a lot of these Houston fans wondering, is my team going to be here? I mean, we still haven't got any official word on that, and that is going to rub some people the wrong way, even if you do have the season next year as planned. Because we're still wondering, hey, in 2025, is my team going to be here? So it, it it's it's a rough, rough situation on the Vipers end and the Houston end. I definitely think if those two factors were different, you know, this would be a lot more transitional. It would be a lot easier to implement quickly, you know. But with that being up in the air, I mean, that that's that's a little rough. So. I don't know, man. My opinion of it is, is I'm just waiting. I try, I've tried not to say anything on air that's going to be taken wrong or be taken as information because I'm not I'm not plugged in enough to tell you what's going on, and I know I'm not. But I'm here to talk with guys like you who are, who, who can kind of set, the, set the, the steering wheel straight and drive us on the right path, you know? Right. Well, there's a couple layers to these merger talks, and the first one that we've already kind of covered here is just the merger itself. Is it actually going to happen, right? I mean, I think a lot of people initially when that news came out, you know, yeah, merger sounds great. But like if you remember, you know, back when the XFL kind of initially rebooted back in 2021, um, you know, they were talking with the CFL. Now, that was a partnership, not a merger. That's two different things. And that's, you know, yep. where people I think get a bit confused. Um, but there was a discussion with the Canadian Football League about possibly, you know, having some form of, you know, joint football operations. I mean, they weren't talking about, you know, collective teams or whatever. Um, there was rumblings about maybe an XFL Toronto team at one point from what I remember. Um, but all those things fell through. You know, it kind of – it was a similar situation, to, uh, situation, excuse me, to this where, you know, there's an announcement made. We're talking. Something's going on. We don't know what it is. Very few details. Nobody's really read in. Um and then it kind of goes quiet. You know, people don't forget about it. But again, you can only speculate so much as to what's going to happen before you just kind of have to sit there and be like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to wait yep. until I hear something. And I think that's where we're all at with this now. But what ended up happening with that was, you know, you waited and waited. And then they just came out and they said, no, we stopped talking. You know, this isn't going to happen. And, um, <laughs> you know, I think, again, now that wasn't nearly as serious as what we're dealing with here because, again, partnership not merger right when people hear the word merger that's a lot more serious that's going to raise some eyebrows yep. and i was uh, definitely surprised when that a new uh, that news initially came out um but you know uh like the xfl's had you know other successful partnerships too in the past again not merger but partnership right uh i think the most notable one probably that worked out was with the nfl alumni academy um and you know in terms of 
bringing players into the league, you know, a lot of people don't realize that unless you really, you know, dive um, deeply into these things like myself and yourself do. But, uh, you know, a significant amount of XFL players went through the NFL Alumni Academy program. And um, again, it was a pretty quiet thing. Um, if we're going to talk about NFL Alumni Academy briefly, there was something that came out, um, I think, on Amazon Prime, a new documentary detailing, uh, you know, the first um, first year of that, I guess, which was 2021. And uh, Vadal, uh, I think that's how you say his name, Vadal, Vadal Alexander, uh, who played for the St. Louis Battlehawks, was a part of that, and he's included in this documentary. So, you know, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to plug Amazon Prime documentaries here on your podcast, but if anybody watching <laughs> is interested in, you know, NFL Alumni Academy and maybe seeing some familiar faces, you know, I've watched the first two episodes and it was pretty interesting. Um, but anyways, back to the initial point, uh, you know, that partnership worked out with the NFL Alumni Academy. Um, CFL one didn't, you know, so they've had their, their trials and errors, right? I mean, obviously the XFL in itself is a very experimental league. You know, it's all about player development and, you know, new rules and a new uh, style of the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm still confident this is going to happen with all those things I just mentioned and considered, um, you know, it, it sounds like, uh, you know, while the announcement about this merger was made in September, you know, looks like there had been some talks since July. And the one thing that makes me, you know, feel like that this, you know, is a possibility for 2024 is, um, you know, like there's a document somewhere out there. They had to submit something, you know, for the legal procedure. Um, you know, they're talking about this, you know, pen- pending government approval or whatever. Like they had to submit a document. And my belief is that on that document is all the stuff that we're sitting here speculating about. You know, yes, they got everything laid out and, you know, which teams are there, which teams aren't. That's uh, that's the second layer that I was going to get into is, you know, the team specifically, because I think that above all these little nitpicky issues that we've talked about with this merger is the one that sticks out the most and is the one that people are really interested in. Um, again, above all. So, yeah, man, there's multiple layers to it. Um, but I, I think, you know, again, like somebody, you know, somebody knows something. Um, it's out there somewhere. And, you know, hopefully, again, within the next couple of days, we'll have something more concrete that we can uh, really do a deeper dive into. Yep. Yep. Like we were talking beforehand, I took a good break from the show just because there's not much news to discuss. I don't want to keep hitting the same crap over and over. So I was really hoping and praying we'd hear something by now. Even today, before we got on, I was just like, come on. Oh, me too. Something. No, absolutely. something. And so, I mean, it, it it is what it is at this point. You're right. We're just all waiting. Whether that approval wasn't approved, whether we're still waiting for that, whether they've decided to change the scope of things, we, we truly don't know. But hopefully yeah. we hear something soon. I'm going to go to the comments, though, because we had some comments coming in. Mm-hmm. Oh, XFL Mike G said, I think we'll know more after the CBA for the USFL Players Union Agreement is announced. That's a good point. Yeah, and that would be now, on Thursday on November 16th. So I don't know. I mean, I didn't view that. Like, you know, I saw that date. Um, you know, some people have drawn the connection between the two. I don't know personally. I mean, it maybe maybe it does pen. Like, it, maybe something is pending if they're, you know, coming out with this you know, now. Um, and again, the, the whole, um, another element that of course we haven't discussed, but one that was discussed, uh, you know, previously in different spaces was, you know, if these two leagues are going to merge, USFL chose to unionize XFL didn't to put it simply. So how are you going to navigate that? I'm not going to get into that here because that's not my, um, that's not my background. I don't know enough about that. I mean, maybe you talk to a USFL PA rep. I know those guys are great. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. That's a it's a good question. Maybe it does indicate something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, it's a good point, but I'm not going to sit here and break it down and say it's valid. I don't know either. I'm, I'm, it's over my head at this point. I will say this though, and that was another point I was about to make. I mean, for the most part, it's still business as usual for both leagues. USFL seems like they have more going on though. I will say that from checking out their socials and seeing what they're, you know, they're doing like uh, the the marketing with the the season ticket holders come to events and such. And let me put some of that. I was going to show that on up here as well, because we don't see much of that coming from XFL, but we do see a few occasional player signings here and there. Um, <clears throat> let me see. Right. Well, the USFL, you know, had their uh, free agency period recently, which they, you know, promoted, of course, uh, across, you know, a bunch of social media platforms in terms of, you know, player transactions, things, things of that nature. The XFL, I mean, they've all, We've been pretty quiet about it. The one thing that I think, you know, we can talk about in that regard, um, a lot of the guys, you know, that had their rights claimed by certain teams over the summer, uh, you know, have signed letters of intent, you know, to play with those teams in 2024. Now, you know, what we can maybe get into again, without touching on rumors and speculation, I'll keep saying that. Again, you know, I think the one thing that I do feel confident about, you know, there's no, we don't know of any specific teams yet, but I do find it interesting again with this business as usual model, especially where the XFL is signing guys, you know, to letters of intent, you know, I don't know if all the XFL teams are going to be there. You know, exactly. I mean, a lot of the, I'm not going to go over the proposed scenarios because quite frankly, I'll see it when I believe it, you know, but the idea is in a lot of people's heads and what I really believe in just given my, you know, gut feeling. And again, when you read the room is, um, you know, not all 16 teams are surviving this from uh, from both sides. But if you want to, you know, this is viewed as a cost-cutting move. And because the USFL already had their hub model, you'd think that maybe the XFL might want to, um, you know, be a part of that, which would therefore mean removing teams from certain locations. And again, there's been a couple different team names, uh, you know, floated around, you know, that might not... Um, last into 2024 with the Roughnecks being one of them. I, I can maybe talk about that a bit uh, once I'm done with this. But generally speaking, you know, um, there's a chance that, you know, I don't want to pick sides here, but it, it does seem like, you know, the XFL um, may negatively benefit from this a bit more than the USFL. Will. And again, that's more of an opinion than anything. We don't have any concrete evidence to suggest that. So, you know, whatever you're hearing from me is just my thoughts, not uh you know, not anything that I've heard. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think um, that's another element to it as well is, you know, which, uh, which league given their previous business model, you know, maybe has the advantage. And if technically, if they're a merged entity, that shouldn't matter. You know, they're operating as one. It's a yep. single individual unit. But, you know, we all know, like, um, the, mm -hmm. uh, not going to pick sides, but XFL was the one that reached out to USFL. And that's something you got to keep in mind. Ultimately, um, that's not necessarily, I think, how the merger talks came about. Um, that seemed to have been escalated through certain high-ranking individuals on both sides of the table. Um, but you know, like that, you know, you can't you can't hide the facts. You know, there are as much as there's a lot of rumors and speculation. There's also a lot of facts here, and one of those yes, is sir. that you know the XFL did reach out to the USFL first. We know that the XFL lost, you know some money I, it was a significant figure but it could have been more right the 60 million that everybody talked about over the summer uh, after the championship game and all that um 
so again, a, a lot to unpack, but uh, yeah, you know, th- those are just a couple things. I will agree with you. Um, the USFL seems to be a bit more, um, you know, again, like the, the XFL, you know, they're obviously still active on social media. They've um, doing, been doing a lot of uh, like merch promotion stuff recently from what mm-hmm. I've seen, you know, discounts, you know, for the holidays, things like that. Um, you know, and then obviously these, uh, what you've got pulled up, the um, the letter of intent signings. But, you know, USFL has been extremely active on their end as well. Um, and I think that they have, you know, again, between their, you know, free agency and, and things like that. You know, even, even when the initial merger announcement came out, it felt like that the USFL had a bit more prepared in terms of a statement. I think they had like the actual statement and then there was a letter to the fans of some sort. You know, there was a couple different uh, pieces there. So, yeah, I think you're on the right track with that. Yeah, I wholeheartedly feel that way. And I'm I'm a big fan of the XFL socials. I like how they do a lot of their things and, you know, they interact with each other and and do different things. But that's definitely kind of fallen off a little bit since we've we've got, you know, this info. Things -hmm. have changed in terms of in the social landscape of things. And you and I can both see that as being active as we are. And even events like this, I mean, how much would XFL fans love this kind of stuff as well? You know, I mean, it. What a lot of the stuff that I've seen like that this year has not been put on by the actual teams or the league. It's been like uh, what the X Fan Show did a thing where they had, you know, a player come and do some signings and stuff. But the XFL is really missing the ball on events like this, and it's it makes you think: is that you know is this purposeful? Is we are we doing this on purpose? Because this next year it's going to be a little different. I mean, I don't know, man. You know, it's possible. Again, that's getting into some uh, more hypothetical situations and you kind of have to write your own conclusion. What I really want to get into, I mean, you know, we've talked a couple logistics here about the merger, but again, I've done that so many times. I just really want to get into my own opinion on um, the merger situation because there's a couple different ways that I look at this. And to be honest, you know, depending on what the ultimate scenario is here, um, you know, it it could affect me as well, right? Someone that, uh, you know, has taken... Um, or put a lot of time into, I should say, you know, this space and this uh, community, this league, whatever you want to put it. Um, So I'll just start by saying um, I'm not against the merger. You know, I'm really not. I think that if these leagues really are in a financially desperate situation, and we know that they are disappointed, both the XFL and the USFL were disappointed um, about, you know, sort of the reception, like they thought they were going to do better than they did, especially in terms of TV ratings. Daryl Johnston on the USFL side said that publicly, you know, the XFL, I think privately, you know, mentioned they didn't hit the revenue markers and you've seen that right. Uh, Position coaches moving into seasonal unemployment, a lot of their, um, you know, uh, I guess it's PR. I don't think it was PR people, but they had some layoffs, you know, after the season, Um, you know, things of that nature, marketing really, I think it was, um, So, you know, I'm not against the merger, right? I think that if these two leagues are really in that desperate of a situation and they have a proper plan laid out and they've really thought it out, that's the key. They've really thought it out and they're not just rushing to a conclusion that this would be sustainable for several years to come. I think that's all right. And I think that even if you have to get rid of a couple teams to do that, 
it's unfortunate, right? Um, I'm going to be I'll, I'll say it right now. I'm gonna be very disappointed if there's no Houston Roughnecks in 2024. I think we can all you say that. Me both. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, look, we, we I, are the guys. I spent a lot of time even after the XFL season. Like my a big part of my summer, you know, before I started working uh, with the IFL, you know, I spent that you know, I was writing about, um, you know, rights claims and things like that. And guys that went to the NFL, right. That like, there was still an element there, you know, to talk about. Um, but you know, like I'll be very disappointed if there's no Houston Roughnecks, um, in, in 2024 and a couple other teams, of course, you know, might be in jeopardy as well. Um, I think that's a fair statement, you know, regardless of, you know, what you've been hearing or what proposals been laid out. I don't care about any of that. Um, you know, now, the one thing that I'm not very excited about is the idea of following the USFL, you know, sort of business format. And what I mean by that is, you know, one of the major criticisms of the USFL, especially when compared to the XFL, the competitor, was the hub format. You know, I haven't talked a, a lot about it here, um, you know, on the show. And to be honest, I've kept a lot of my thoughts about that private. But um, just for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to open up a bit. You know, the USFL um, with their hub format, I've never been a fan of that. You know, and I understand some people can look past it, but um really hurts your TV product, you know, when you've got mm -hmm. like the Pittsburgh Maulers and New Jersey Generals playing in Canton, Ohio, and there's 50 people in the stands. Like, I just don't want to see that. You know, in the XFL, I understand like, you know, certain markets did better than others. Obviously, St. Louis and D.C. exceeded. Um, you know, they were phenomenal um, when, it, when it came to a uh, fan turnout you know sort of game day presentation everything like that but um you, know, you didn't have a lot of that in the usfl and even their better markets like i think the usfl obviously the only city that they carried well they started off in birmingham in 2022 right then they carry that over to 2023 but they expand in other cities but birmingham is the only city that's been there back-to-back -back years birmingham you know they saw a drop-off in a attendance this year you know it wasn't what it was in 2022 despite the team you could argue that the stallions this year might be better that might be one of the best uh you know spring football teams ever put together you know in terms of personnel and shout out to uh, their general manager zach potter somebody that you know i look up to very much a lot of people don't know but he's only 21 years old i'm only, oh, only wow. two years older than me yeah he's 21 and um you know he's got a fascinating story you can read about that couple stories been published um online you know with fox and kind of how he got to that position you know that young but yeah i mean that team you know fantastic team in 2023 had some amazing guys again that also got nfl opportunities um but you know the fans it, it kind of just stagnated kind of dropped off a bit you didn't have the same reception it wasn't as fresh um so what i'm getting at here you know i've kind of i don't want to get too off track but what i'm getting at here is you know if this merger Again, hypothetical, but if this merger, you know, follows the USFL format, which is, again, you know, the, we believe that this merger is happening because it's, I mean, it's about money. I don't believe it's happening because of money. I know it's happening because of money. You want to yep. cut costs. You want to have a more sustainable product, and that means being cheaper. you got to cut back on certain areas. The XFL spent a lot of money in 2023, and I was a big part of that. It was a great product, but you got to do what you got to do. I just don't know, like, like let's say, you know, four XFL teams get taken out of the picture. You keep all eight USFL teams, but then you only expand into like six hubs. And this is a, this is just a situation I see in my head. That's not anything I've heard. It's not anything I've looked at. That's just what I think about. If that were the case, you know, 
that's just not very fun. I think I, what I'm getting at here is I'm fine if you take away a couple teams, you know, just to make it more. Again, you know, you can only have so many franchises, right? Um, you know, if you're going to cut back on costs, but you know, I think you really like if you do have to spend some money when it comes to you know outreach and like the USFL is going into year three, whether they're a merged entity or not, and they still haven't put four of their teams in home markets. Um, you know, well, actually, it's more than that, you know, because Canton really doesn't count because they don't have, you know, there's not an actual Canton team. So anyway, uh, <laughs> this is a lot, right? What I'm getting at here is a no, lot. No, you're good. I, I'm, I'm you're just, good. People yeah, I'm rambling on a bit, but. No, you're good. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I, I think, you know, if they move into the hub model, that will be very disappointing. I think that's going to hurt them a lot more than maybe they realize. Look. Great. The league keeps going. You cut costs. You're still going to have football in 2024 and probably beyond, um, you know, but like it, the idea of removing, I mean, I'll just use the Roughnecks here as an example, because obviously you and me are very closely affiliated with that team. The idea of there's two different ways this could go. Let's say the Roughnecks survive, but you put them in a hub in Arlington. People still like the reception's going to go down because the team has moved out of Houston. All those fans that turned up to your game, you know, 10,000, 15,000 fans that came out to the games, those aren't going to be there anymore. And, nope. you know, are you going to replicate on that on TV? I don't think so. I don't think those numbers are going to go up. The other scenario is you just get rid of the roughnecks entirely, you know, and that, um, and again, that, that could be the situation with a couple other teams. You know, you get rid of the roughnecks entirely. Um, so then you just had a team there for one year that disappears. And, you know, for some people, that's going to feel like a waste of time. I know for me, if that happened, uh, I would be disappointed. But, you know, I always know that the stability of these leagues is put in the question. And I was prepared for anything to happen. You know, I said at the end of the 2023 XFL season that I was excited for 2024. I plan to stay around um, and do whatever I could in that capacity to help grow the league as I did. And it's... Uh, well, not inaugural season, but you know, return season, you could say. Um, but you know, like if the if they take away my team, it's kind of hard to uh, to feel that same connection. So, again, um, you know, I'm trying to stay, you know, stick with concrete evidence here, right? Um, but I, you, you do have to think about some scenarios. I think the general consensus that everybody's agreed on, and they could surprise us again with nothing, you know, written um, that we've seen, but. You know, the general consensus is that there's not going to be 16 teams if this merger goes through and it's a, a merged entity. Which teams get cut? I don't know. Are there teams that are cut from the USFL side? I don't know, right? None of that's known. None of, nobody here can say that they know that, okay? Because, again, I talk to people in the XFL. They don't know that. You know, there's been, from what I – now, this is going back to more concrete stuff, just going off, you know, getting away from my opinion for a minute, right? I just said I'm not a fan of the hub format. I'm going to feel quite distanced from the league if they go into the hub format. Um, I don't mind taking away some teams if it means, you know, that the leagues can last, but I just certainly hope that they keep the right teams and that they have a plan in place for those teams, you know, to succeed again. Because look, you know, some way, like regardless of whether they take teams out of this, you know, or not, someone's going to be angry. Somebody, you know, people are going to lose their jobs over this. I think that's pretty, you know, whether it's, you know, you're out of a job because your team doesn't exist anymore, or, you know, they're just trying to cut back, you know, certain staffs. Like obviously the XFL has a lot of support people per their team. You know, USFL kind of has multiple people, I think doing the, the same things again, cost cutting. Right. So, um, you know, 
someone's going to lose their job either way. I just hope that, you know, um, I just hope that, you know, some of that can, uh, like, if that sacrifice has to be made, make sure you thought it out. Because it would be a shame, and again, this is another scenario. I'll get back into what I was going to say earlier in a minute, getting off my opinion. But, you know, there is a scenario here where these two leagues could merge for the sake of lengthening um, pro spring football here in the United States, like an outdoor pro league. And it still might only last a year. Again, if they don't take the right approach and they rush things exactly. and they you know, don't have an accurate grip of what's going on because maybe they felt like they were pressured into something, you know, I don't know about any of that. That's above my pay grade, obviously, right? No one really knows about that. Um, but what I wanted to get to, you know, that's more concrete. I think I've stated my opinion. I've rambled on for a bit, right? I've had my say. Um, what I really want to get to is, you know, th- there's this is more concrete, but I think, you know, there's been some talks. I think a lot of where these rumors are coming from and the speculation when you're talking about, you know, potential scenarios those were things that might have been floated around earlier, but they could have been changed, you know, throughout the duration of the this process. Like I know exactly. people in the XFL have been meeting. You know, people in the XFL have been meeting, I think, the past couple of weeks, and I'm sure maybe they have on the USFL side too. People are talking about this, you know, behind closed doors. They don't that doesn't necessarily mean they're hiding any information and they don't know more than we do. It just means they're talking, right? There might be some things that they want to have a second look at in regards to, you know, what this words would look like they might want to change some of the uh some of the wording there um and that might be why it's taken a bit longer to hear something than we expected um you know so that that's more concrete that's the one thing again another reason to suggest that this merger is going to happen if people are actively talking about it they haven't just submitted this you know to the government and went on vacation or whatever you know people care um you know obviously you're, you see a lot of the the twitter talk and all that um not something i typically engage with but you know you see it right you see people's opinions um, I, I still have, you know, like I said, opinions. Um, I have an opinion of the merged league in general, which I just gave. Um, I have an opinion on the situation with the Roughnecks, which you're not going to hear a lot about that until there's an announcement just because um, that's too much speculation, I think, for me. And, you know, that that's, um, again, just going to have to wait on that. But, yeah, ultimately, you know, what, what you're getting at here is, um, you know, it's a changing time, right? This is uh, – for some people, it might have been precedented. For others, it might have been unprecedented. But, you know, either way, you know, um, things can look a lot different. And, you know, the last thing I'll say for now is, um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people expected this merger to happen. I think people who weren't, you know, as tied into these leagues as we are just thought, oh, well, this was a no-brainer. This was always going to happen. Um, I flirted with the idea, you know, in my head a couple times, right? Like you always think about, well, there's these two competing leagues, right? Like what if they just merge? That's a natural thought. But I just thought egos were going to get in the way, quite frankly. And I thought it was going to be too much to overcome. And again, I was very surprised when that announcement came out that they were able to reach some sort of, you know, whether it was formal or informal agreement. The fact that they were even able to, you know, sit down and, and have that discussion, I think is, um, it's really important. Look, you know, there might be some things here that we don't like about this, but, uh, you know, it really does signify more than anything, you know, people care, right? I mean, I'm not, until we have the details, I can't say I'm a fan outright of the merger. I'm not against it, but I can't be a fan of it until I know more about it. But I will say, if there's one positive takeaway here, it's that, you know, two sides came together for, you know, what some will argue the greater good of, uh, of you know, alternate football here in the United States. And, um, you know, I 
I can't I can't argue with that. You know, as much as you know things might change and they might look different and you might have to scale back. I mean, if people are willing to come together that we're competitors and have a discussion regarding you know what the future of this looks like, um, you know it it does care. I think that they um, you know are looking at opportunities and you know it's not just a uh, you know a money grab or anything like that. Um, you know, again, I th- there's going to be some people that are upset. Who knows? I mean, I, I might have you know um, some more critical things to say depending on how this plays out. But right now, you know, we just have to go off some uh, very general assumptions. And obviously, we've had a lot of uh, of time to think about this now. Um, you know, this has been in the works for two months. And to be honest, that's you know something I think about every day. You know, how is this going to look? You know, what does this mean for me? What does it mean for the people I work with? What does it mean for the players? Um, because you know, regardless of how you uh, look at it, regardless of what you think about it, regardless of what your opinion is, you know, this is significant. And uh, that's where I'm going to leave it at. Cool, cool. Makes sense. And I'm not going to pick it apart just because that's your opinion. You pretty much set it straight on what you thought, what you what you envisioned. I mean, and like you said, I'm I'm just concerned that we do this thing and it's not done correctly and we rush into it and then we shoot our wad and spring football fails again that's my biggest concern right now i mean Mm -hmm. but and the fact that there has been multiple meetings multiple things done and official documents submitted means that this is serious business and obviously me little man sitting here just wondering i mean i can rest easier knowing that hey that they're they are treating this seriously it's not just they're not just throwing that out and just saying hey we might do this it they're pursuing it and it's legitimate um there's just so much going on man and i appreciate your opinion on that it, it's valued you know it's it's hard to talk about this topic with certain individuals depending on what you're a fan of and we as media we as fans we as whoever we're we're gonna have to join together there is no choice i've said it it's like a step sibling like your your mom's getting married to another man and you got a stepbrother guess what that's your family, bro. You may not you may not want it to be, but it is. So just get used to it and 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 accept it. Uh, I, my like I said, I just hope we don't rush it. And that's a lot of the concern I hear as well um, from different fans and such. And I'm gonna go to the comments now. I feel like this is a great time because we got some comments rolling in. Uh, but let's see. Gregory said he's got his season tickets for the Stallions. He's ready to go. Great seats, he said. <laughs> That's good. Then he, I mean, hey, Stallions are a good team, you know, no doubt. He said, hey, I think they're really trying to get as many USFL teams in the home markets. I'd hope so. You know, I mean, again, I, I don't know that. None of us really know that, but, you know, you'd hope so. That's that's one of the things that aside even from merger talks relating to the XFL, I was hoping that the USFL would just do that on their own again. I don't care if they have to merge with the XFL. I don't care if they're their own entity. Like I was really hoping um, that by year three, or, well, even this year, I was really hoping by year two that they'd have all their teams in home markets, but that hasn't happened yet. Um, so I, I still hold faith, right? I think they know, um, like, they're going to have to do something. There's going to have to be some sort of change uh, to get their viewership up and to get people interested again. And, you know, at least for me, I mean, I think, you know, the home markets thing is the most glaring issue on the USFL uh, side. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No doubt. I've I've kind of gotten excited hearing about New Orleans. I mean, there at the shrine i mean you're familiar i'm sure they are possibly setting that up for the usfl season i i'm excited about that just because it's close to me it's something that i can actually attend without having to go you know across the united states of course um 
Let's see, Jay. Jay said, I'm starting to think the Merge League will kick off in April to promote and make a real push for February. It just doesn't seem viable at this point. The NFL merger took four years with the AFL. I don't know how it will work, but I don't know. Hopefully, we will get one last season from each league if the merger doesn't come to a close for 2024. Man. Yeah, I mean, you know, I um, I would say that I think a lot of people have realized now that if this merger doesn't go through, um, you know, next season it could be the last i mean if it's a financial thing you know that's the other it's almost like i don't want to say that they've reached a point of no return but it's almost like you know some people are saying merger bust and i don't know if that's true or not um i haven't really thought about that element of it too much but uh, you certainly have to take it into consideration like if um you know if the merger falls through i mean i don't think you know i, I think there's some there's going to be some form of football in 2024 i think that's a safe assumption um yes, sir you know, whether it's XFL individual, USFL individual, some form of emerged entity, one of those I think has to happen. You know, more more one of those could happen if it's, you know, both USFL and XFL and they stay apart. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, th that February and April start thing, another interesting thing to follow. I mean, I think a lot of people are also in that boat now. Like the fact that we haven't heard anything would suggest that they're going to push back, you know, the start date. Again, following the USFL format, which would start, uh, in early April, but what do we have to confirm that? You know, I mean, again, like I pointed exactly. out earlier, um, last year, you know, the XFL, like they did a lot of stuff. You know, they said that they were kicking off in February. We didn't hear a lot until January. So everything's on the table. Exactly. Exactly. That's my thoughts as well. And then I'm just going to roll through these comments, um, see yep. what they're talking about. Gregory, he said, the hub model is what has allowed us, and I'm guessing he means USFL. What has allowed us to make it to year three? This was the plan all along. Fox will adjust the schedule and have less games, less early game start times. It's too hot in southern states in May slash June. I mean, it is hot as hell. Alabama in May June is is a rough spot to sit out for a football game. <laughs> yeah, and and the USFL. Well, what's interesting with them specifically? Again, just as them as a singular entity. Um, the USFL doesn't really have a West Coast presence. They're not spread out very much. I mean, if we hypothetically think of, you know, if all these teams were in their home markets, you know, Memphis, New Orleans, Birmingham, uh, Houston Gamblers, um, those are all in pretty warm areas, you know, in, in summertime. That's all south, um, yep. you know. So, yeah, that's something to consider. I, you know, I one part of that comment, um, you know, the hub model was uh, the plan, you know, all along. I mean – yeah, I never argued with that. I, I know Fox wanted to have kind of this rollout, but, um, you know, just from somebody that obviously follows these leagues a lot, I, I thought that they could have done it a bit quicker because you're not going to capture, you know, the same type of attention if you don't get those teams in the home markets quickly. Again, we talk a lot about, you know, not rushing things and being patient and, um, you know, but with, with certain elements, it's like, well, you know, if you're going to say something, you gotta you got to just have to follow through with it. Like, I really... I just I, I can't you know to be honest I watched USFL games last year and it was hard for me to even understand you know where the game was you know because it's like you know I mean when there's only four mm -hmm. cities being played in, I mean you'd think that would make it easier right but with the you know some teams being in the markets and some teams not it's uh, it's not a very good recipe and I'll also just add this too um you know while this merger will be marketed as, you know, and, and both leagues have already kind of put out a statement saying this, but um, while this merger might be marketed as something that's, you know, revolutionary and it's supposed to change the game and it's, it's a positive thing, um, you know, you can't deny there's a lot of risks here. And um, the one yep. thing that I can't stop thinking about is, um, 
you know, again, like there's just all these little things and we're not going to, you know, make up things. We're not going to, you know, say something that's not there, but there's just so many elements. Like when you're talking a merger and particularly an equal merger, which is what the uh, language was here. Um, there's a lot that goes into that. And, and um, I don't know who had the comment earlier, but, you know, they were saying it took the NFL and the AFL four years to merge. Now that was a bit of a bigger entity. You know, this is, you know, smaller spring football. I don't think it's going to be, you know, that, that can take less time, but you know, I mean, there's a lot here that's just so, you know, fascinating, um, you know, when it comes to like possible uh, situations, um, you know, it's hard not to think about it, um, you know, and I think I'll, I'll probably leave it at that. Understood. I'm going to keep rolling through these comments. We got some good discussion points. Um, da, da, da. Let me go back up. I had one from Richard. Richard said, so what is going to happen if the merge is delayed? I mean, I think the most, well, you know, an interesting question. I mean, I think the most, the, the situation that makes the most sense would be you just have, you know, XFL and USFL play out their 2024 seasons as they plan to before the merger talks. Because let's be honest, you know, some of the things right now, um, like, you know, we talked about the business as usual concept earlier. Um, you know, some of those things, you know, could present a great benefit um, if these leagues don't merge, because it would be a shame if the merger fell through and, you know, the XFL, you know, didn't have rosters filled up, you know, X many weeks before the season. But no, they've been signing guys to letters of intent. And, you know, same with the USFL from the roster perspective, at least. Like, they've had their free agency. Guys have been shifting around. They're still scouting and recruiting, you know, making roster moves every day up until, you know, now. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there is an element like the teams, as much as, you know, it might seem silly, like the, the teams are following the business as usual plan. I mean, there is a scenario here that you can't deny. I mean, even if I think that the merger is going to go through for 2024, that's not a guarantee, just like any of this uh, is not guaranteed. So you do have to keep that in mind, and that's why I think you know these leagues are following that procedure as they should. Agreed. Agreed. Denzel had an interesting opinion. He said, if the merger doesn't go through in time, I think we XFL playing the USFL schedule. So basically he's saying he thinks that the XFL will adopt a USFL type schedule for for the next year. It's an interesting opinion. I mean again if if we're, you know, hypothetically thinking that um, you know, that the USFL business model will be the predominant sort of structure of this merged entity. Yeah, I mean I I think that um, you know, that's been floated around a couple times nothing to suggest that's locked in, but you know, I mean it seems to be the the direction that a lot of people lean towards. Agreed, agreed. Uh, da, da, da. Let me look through. Got Demarcus. Demarcus said, "I wonder why no one has considered just removing some home games rather than just cutting the teams. That way, you can keep the fan engagement but save money as well." And in my opinion, this may be a strategy they're trying to imply. I mean, they're 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 doing something we don't understand. So, I mean, this may be something that's happening. As well as my outlook on it, it would be really cool to have like a an almost old school, I mean, wrestling vibes, USFL versus XFL, you know, WWE, WWCW type feels, you know, something like that. But that's that's reaching. Um, right. But, I, I mean, mean look, it, I will say one of the cool, you know, one of the cool ideas, I think, through this, you know, merger discussion has been the idea of like, you know, you could have 
an XFL conference with the teams that last, you know, from that side, and then the USFL conference from the teams uh, that last from that side, assuming that, you know, the number is equal on both sides, you might have to do some shifting. But, you know, I mean, you know, I, I think we might have brought it up um, when it initially came out. But, like, wouldn't it be cool to see, like, the Arlington Renegades and the Birmingham Stallions in a championship game? You know, I think a lot of people, that, that would create some fun fanfare. You know, that's not a, sure. a negative component at all. But, yeah, I don't – again, that's getting too much into, uh, you know, things that are just thoughts and not really things that we can confidently say. So. Exactly. Yeah, we don't you have know, any concrete I would love there. to elaborate on that more. Um, you know, I don't uh, – but but some of it's just you know it's it's too complex ultimately I think. Yes, sir. Agreed. Then we got Jay. Jay's going crazy in the, the the. I'm gonna try to see what you're talking about, Jay. It's hard for me to keep up. <laughs> All right. So, no, he's talking with Mike G. Basically, I mean, this is the last thing from Jay that that needs to be highlighted. He said, "I just hope they do this merger proper. The motion has to be big, and we need the proper amount of time to hype fans up and do everything right." And that's. The, for sure no doubt <clears throat> yeah that's, uh, that's something i could agree with without many questions now my thing is this if they're hoping for comparable tv numbers then we know and they know something has to be different you can't walk into this year the same way and expect a better product a better fan engagement i mean it's it's work on the ground so I'm I'm hoping as well like the marketing kicks off we go hard we, we're hearing things we're seeing things locally I mean, so much can be implied there, but we just got to wait and see what they do. Right now, the fact that they've kept their their own entity is respectful to me. You know, people haven't just quit. People didn't just just give up. They're they're really still pursuing whatever they're doing, whether it's the players, the, the admin, the the coaching staff, whatever. So it's pretty good on my end. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Okay, let's move on, man. We're almost done. It's almost been two hours, dude. It's in, been a while. Last time we got on here, we talked for a while, too, it seemed like. Yeah, I think that was uh, over two hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had to go to the bathroom very bad. <laughs> an hour oh, in. Yeah, yeah now you're bringing, yep, you're bringing that back. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so last point I really got for tonight. I mean, and we've hit it a bunch, really, but... What's your best outlook for the 2024 season as a fan, as media, as a close media uh, person in, in the XFL? What do you hope to see personally? Well, I just hope, uh, again, you know, I mean, I don't want to sound too repetitive, but just everything's thought through. You know, some of the decisions, I think, regardless of what happens, are going to seem weird. You know, they might not make much sense, but clearly somebody's thought this out, um, you know, and whether I you know disagree or not, we'll see. Um, I just think, you know, man, I, you know, this won't be proven for many years to come, but, you know, I would really hope that, you know, this merger situation allows, you know, both, um, well, I, I guess it wouldn't be both leagues anymore, but the merged entity to, um, you know, continue for multiple seasons. My, my biggest fear is that this merger will go through and they just, you know, only have one season and then it's a failed experiment. And then you essentially kill both leagues um, as opposed to keeping them alive, which seems to be the goal. Um, but if we're just going to talk about 2024 specifically, um, I mean, I think the main thing, you know, is just getting more, um, you know, getting more interest and engagement. I mean, look, if you, you know, had low XFL viewership or well, lower than expected and lower USFL viewership and you combine those two, um, you know, you might see an increase overall. 
Um, there's no guarantees there, right? You know, people could still, they might, you're going to get that crowd that's, you know, I don't want to put up with this change anymore. And, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, I can't, <laughs> as crazy as it sounds and as optimistic as uh, I've been here tonight, I can't take myself out of that conversation either. Like, there's a scenario here where, you know, I just, you know, um, depending on, you know, certain uh, logistics, right? Um, that, you know, I might have to uh, just focus on personnel full time. And I'm prepared to do that. You know, I've been thinking about that um, the past couple of weeks. I, I haven't really spoken about that publicly. Again, I've been pretty reserved with my opinions. And, you know, people who know me well know that I do feel a certain way. Um, that really, again, that's more team specific than actual merger specific. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think for 2024, just, you know, really getting the engagement up. Um, the number one thing, you know, it wasn't – there was never a problem with the football being played. I think from the personnel side, the coaching side, they've got all that figured out. You know, I think it was overall good football. You know, it's not amazing quality, and it's not supposed to be because the best players are in the NFL, so of course you're going to see a bit of a drop-off. But, um, you know, it's comparable to, I think, certain levels of the college game, and that's fine with me. Like, I know in the XFL – yeah, there were some games that were duds. You're going to get that in the NFL too, but you had some great games. And the same goes for the USFL. You know, there were some very um, close contests there and some rival rivalries, uh, I think, that were created between teams. And, you know, I certainly hope that all that, uh, all that continues. So, again, you know, there's positives, there's negatives. You know, it's a merger, right? A lot of uncertainty. Um, people are going to feel different ways. It's all – right now it's all kind of a mess until we have something concrete. Um, and I've tried my best here, you know, in the past hour or whatever, we've been talking about this uh, specifically to not dive into the rumors and speculation. <clears throat> I've made that a key point um, and I'm continuing <laughs> to not do that. I notice how I haven't brought up a lot of the roughneck stuff specifically on the show because that's more the merger and speculation stuff. Um, you know, really the only concrete evidence we have about any of this is just the two leagues in general. Nothing really team related yet. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at on it, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate that opinion, man. And I, I can see your professionalism. And I can see when we, we talked about the <clears throat> the roughnecks specifically, you know, I could tell that that kind of struck a chord there for you. And I, I understand because I've seen what you've done with that team or, or for that team. So I, I respect you being able to hold back and not just go crazy with everything you've heard or, 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 or hearing. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. Right now, I can think of probably 10 different scenarios that have been throughout, and I'm sure you can think of a lot more. So it's better oh, yeah. we don't confuse these folks. Too man. many, my We're, friend. We talk about facts. We're talking about things that are legitimate. We're talking about uh, opinions that, you know, it, it, that we can control. But we're in a, this is we're just along for the ride. And like I said, we're waiting and we're going to mm -hmm. keep waiting until we hear something. But yeah, man, super, super grateful for your opinions and your professionalism here. Absolutely. I mean, look, I'll, I'll say this um, just to kind of round out. Uh, you know, I had a lot of opinions here tonight and I'm going to continue to have opinions. But those opinions are based off of my own understanding and my own perception of these leagues because I've been doing this now for a couple of years, right? I've seen a lot of levels of this alternate game. Um, it's not pulled from, you know, things that I saw on Twitter and all that. Like I just have an image in my head aside from all the discussions of what this looks like. And that's what I've, uh, that's what I've demonstrated here. So whether you want to call that a rumor or speculation, I think that's just, you know, Evan preaching, uh, preaching the word or whatever. <laughs> The good word, sir. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. 
Mike G, Mike G said maybe we should advertise during the Super Bowl. <laughs> Real professional football. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. uh, we have one more question, then I'll let you go, dude. Jay said, honestly, do you see the merger happening in 2024? And Jay, you must have missed the whole conversation we had. He said, or do you envision individual seasons from both entities, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I covered that already. I think it's going to be merged in 2024. Um, you know, that's... Uh, I won't go into it any more than that. I think it's just, you know, good. again, everything that we've gathered, everything that we've seen that's concrete, right? Uh, keep pushing that out just to make sure, you know, nobody takes this the wrong way. That's the last thing I want to happen. I say something and somebody takes that as actual news, you know, compared to just my opinion. But, um, you know, yeah, I think, again, just my own personal opinion that they will merge in 2024. Cool, cool. And, yeah, man, you're good. I appreciate your opinions and – People know that when you come on this show, it's we're not here to rant and rave. We're not here to get the likes and clicks. We're just here to have a discussion. You can like it or you can hate it. I really don't care personally. It This is what we're doing. And that's what I appreciate you putting yourself out there, coming and having these tough conversations. Because, I mean, it, it's not easy, man, especially when you value a team so much or a league so much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, there's been two sides to this discussion tonight. I mean, the first bit, you know, we talked about IFL stuff, which obviously there's a lot more there that's, you know, cemented and that I can, uh, you know, speak about and it makes sense and that people might not know about. It's interesting. It's fascinating. But with the merger stuff, I mean, you know, until there's a, a document that comes out, something that's released, a statement that has things laid out on it. I can only talk about it so much, quite frankly. And um, again, some of the stuff I said here tonight might be repetitive, but uh, you know, I promised myself not to uh, not to veer off course from you know what I know is the truth, and that's uh, that's where I'm at. I appreciate that again, man. And I'm in the same boat. That's I usually I'll have shows scheduled out monthly. I'll have things set up here and there. And this month I did not do that just because, like you said we need something concrete. I don't want to keep doing this with for six months, you know, whatever, how long it's going to be. It seems right. like it's, it's just a little redundant. And it, and honestly, it's, it's splitting the fan base and it shouldn't be at this point. We know we're coming together. So why are we not just getting along? So hopefully, you know, we can kind of be the leaders and guide some folks to just hey, let's all be friends. Kumbaya, hold hands, you know? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I think, uh, I think, you know, from, um, the XFL and USFL side, you know, there definitely has been, um, you know, whether it's necessary or unnecessary tension between, um, you know, those two parties, you know, regardless of, well, it really comes down to what league you support, you know, really not exactly. what team you support. Um, you know, there definitely has been some tension there. So I hope that, yeah, some of that will be settled through this. Again, as a media guy, I just stick to the facts. I don't really care about, you know, someone can, you know, come in my Twitter DMs and tell me, well, Evan, you know, the USFL is better because A, B, and C. I mean, I don't, I don't care, man. You can tell me whatever you want. That's great. I'm glad, I'm glad you have an opinion and that you've actually been watching these games because some people really just uh, don't care enough to even say anything. So agreed, agreed, man. Agreed. Uh, I appreciate you again, Evan, and I look forward to us talking again, man. Thank you for coming on tonight. Absolutely. Yep. Anytime. I got your socials there. If you want to, you want to say your Twitter or anything else you want people to find you at, please just shout, shout it out. Cause like I said, it's an audio show too. And we do have somewhat of a following. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think it's all been covered, man. I'm just going to say, you know, go Nighthawks. Uh, we appreciate all the support. Um, obviously, you know, kind of went from IFL to merger talks. So maybe I can, uh, <laughs> I've got to plug in the IFL again here a bit at the end, but, uh, no, nah, man, I mean, that's, um, 
that's really become my main focus here, especially through, you know, all the um, uncertainty, you could say, with the past couple months. And, you know, what was my um, sort of, uh, I guess, what was sort of my main activity, which was on the XFL side, that's now IFL. You know, it's a bit of a different uh, bit of a different game there. So, um, again, that's changed. Uh, but I think, you know, it's all it's all for good, man. It's all for the better. Yes, sir. For the love of football is what I always say. But Mike G says united by football. I like that as well. <laughs> there we go. Hey, both are very true, man. Both are very true. Thanks again, Evan, man. Let me know if anything's needed or if you ever want to come on again in the next couple months. You know you're more than welcome, sir. Yep, absolutely. Have a good one now. All right. Wrapping that up. Great conversation. Appreciate his attendance tonight. Always good to talk to Evan. Uh, met him during the Roughneck season last year, and, you know, it, he's a professional, and he knows what he's doing. So, guys, follow him. Check him out. It's a good resource for information. Um, I don't really have any updates on my end. I don't have another show scheduled right now. We're tentatively looking at the 18th, and I will let the socials know if, if that happens. Um, but with other news and everything happening, I really just didn't want to keep jamming stuff down people's throats. It's always a good experience to come on here and talk to you guys. But then again, how much can I talk about without being redundant and just doing the same thing over and over? Uh, so I appreciate you listening tonight. I appreciate you listening after the fact, if you're listening uh, on the audio or, or just on the video format and any of the socials. Thank you so much for the support. I uh, look forward to the future and seeing what happens with the merge, with the IFL, with, with everything. I mean, it, it's a great time. I uh, want to say thank you to the XFL for letting me cover the league. It's a great opportunity. Regardless of what happens, I'm going to be there. So so just make us proud. Um, as well as want to say thanks to XFL board. As always, good partnership there. So check them out. Follow them. <clears throat> uh, da, 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 let me check everything out. Make sure I didn't miss anything. Nope, I'm good to go. Well, it, until things kind of settle down, guys, just be patient, wait it out, don't jump to conclusions. You're allowed to have an opinion, but but don't be toxic. Don't spread negativity. Stop dividing the fan base if that's what you're doing. And the people that I'm talking to right now, you know who you are. It, we are going to be in this together. And if you're wanting to be in this alone, then you need to go do something else because this is going to be a team affair for us all. It, it like i said guys great pleasure thank you for listening thanks for coming look forward to the next show check out the socials for that drop until next time peace <laughs>